Canada HR News on March the 20th, 2023. I'm Elena Pobereva. In today's episode, we continue talking about data breaches and their cost on Canadian organizations, employment updates from several provinces, a new tool to explore accommodation options for employees with health conditions, and other topics. Stay with us to get the latest HR updates. A new report from MasterCard shows that the average data breach costs Canadian businesses $5.64 million, while only 39% of businesses are implementing adequate cybersecurity tools. The average cost of a data breach is higher for the United States at $9.4 million. The global average is $4.34 million. In addition, data breaches frequently come at the customer's expense, as 60% of organizations' breaches led to increases in prices passed on to customers. One particular vulnerability in our current world is hybrid and remote work. Since more employees are working hybrid schedules or completely from home, they may not be engaging in optimal security practices. Unsecured home networks and the use of personal devices for work purposes make remote employees more vulnerable to cyber attacks. There has been a 238% rise in cyber attacks compared to pre-pandemic times. Businesses are a major target for attacks, putting them at risk of financial loss, reputational damage and more. In recent months, Several large Canadian companies and organizations have fallen victim to cybersecurity breaches, including Indigo, Sobeys, SickKids Hospital in Toronto, and the LCBO. Younger businesses, those that are less than five years old, report greater vulnerability of being hacked. The Alberta government launched the second phase of Alberta is Calling, this time targeting the Atlantic Canada and Ontario, trying to get skilled workers to move west. A software developer, nurse and plumber walk into a province. They all get jobs, reads one of the comments on the recruitment website. Buy a house and have more money in the bank. In Edmonton, you can own four homes for the same price as one in Vancouver. The government reminds the visitors that Alberta offers the highest median after-tax income in Canada. The site also states that Calgary tops the sunniest places in Canada and receives over 300 days of sunshine a year. Alberta is looking for workers in skilled trades, healthcare, food service and hospitality, accounting, engineering, and technology. The first phase of recruitment was launched last summer and targeted only Toronto and Vancouver. This time around, Alberta is casting a wider net and looking to attract skilled workers living in Atlantic Canada and other parts of Ontario. The government of Nova Scotia is spending $12 million on more affordable transitional housing to support recruitment and retention of healthcare workers and skilled tradespeople in the province. The government has recently invested $20 million to support modular housing projects for healthcare and skilled workers living in communities that are in acute need of housing. 
The province said the first units are expected to be delivered this summer. The government of Manitoba states that the province's labor market outlook report for 2022 to 2026 predicts consistent job growth in the province. This forecast shows that Manitoba's labor market is balanced, with their overall labor supply approximately equal to labor market demand. Some of the outlook's key predictions include more than 114,000 jobs will be created over five years. Occupations in sales and service, education, law, social services, community and government services and trades, transport and equipment operation are expected to see the most openings for a combined total of 62,000 jobs. Industry sectors of healthcare and social assistance, wholesale and retail trade, and educational services are expected to see the highest demand for workers. 58% of future job openings will require some post-secondary education and training. And overall, labor market is expected to remain balanced. Ontario plans to require women-only bathrooms on large construction sites. The Ministry of Labor conducted a bathroom inspection blitz last month at more than 1,800 construction sites and found 244 violations, the most common being no toilets provided, a lack of privacy, or a lack of cleaning. Ontario's Labour Minister says he hears often from women in the skilled trades stories about deplorable bathroom conditions. The Minister set the stage for this announcement last month when he put out a call for workers to send him their bathroom horror stories. Female construction workers say they sometimes have to leave work to find a coffee shop bathroom because the toilet on the site feels unsafe. The bathroom-related changes would also double the number of toilets required on construction sites, require adequate lighting, hand sanitizer where there is no running water, and require single toilets to be completely enclosed. Some portable toilets are only three-quarters of an adult's height with no roof. The province is also planning changes to make sure women in construction and skilled trades have properly fitted personal protection equipment. It comes in the wake of a CSA group report released late last year that around 6% of Canadian women say that PPE they wear is designed for female bodies. The new rules would come into force on July 1st if approved and filed by the Ontario government. The Institute for Work and Health released a free tool to help workers with chronic and episodic health conditions explore support or accommodation options they may need in their workplace. The tool called JDAPT helps identify the demands of a job that a worker may be having difficulties with because of their health. The online assessment gives access to 24 different types of job demands across four different components. They include physical demands, cognitive requirements, working conditions, and more. It takes the individual's health issues under consideration and creates suggestions for accommodation needs and provides advice for potential solutions. The JDEPT is not a formal functional assessment, job analysis, or cognitive demand analysis tool. 
It helps to identify and adopt the ideas and strategies best suited to each worker's situation. Some of the ideas and strategies workers can implement on their own. Others will need the approval of their workplace. The Institute plans to release a complementary tool for employers later this year. You can find the link to the tool in the episode description. Meta CEO Mark Zuckerberg has declared that 2023 is the company's year of efficiency. And according to a release, that includes refining Meta's distributed work model. Last week, Zuckerberg shared a memo with employees announcing plans to lay off an additional 10,000 workers and incur restructuring costs. As part of the announcement, Zuckerberg said that an internal analysis of employee performance data suggests that engineers who work in person get more done. He said that Meta remains committed to distributed work, but he encouraged employees to find more opportunities to work with one another in person. This analysis also shows that engineers earlier in their career perform better on average when they work in person with teammates at least three days a week. Meta is still promoting remote roles in 2023 and many employees have the option to work in person. But as major tech companies like Amazon announced plans to return to the office at least three days a week earlier this year, Meta may have started to reconsider their position. And this was Canada HR News on March 20th, 2023. Please leave us a rating and a comment in Apple Podcast. You can also find us in Google Podcasts, Spotify, and other platforms. For more information on the topics discussed today, see the episode description and connect with us on Twitter at CADHRNews or LinkedIn at Canada HR News Podcast.